Have you ever wondered about the wild activities that go on at a bar? Well, that wondering ends right now. Welcome to the Open Bar Talk Podcast, where host Jim Search sits down with bartenders near and far to hear the whopping tales that only a drink slinger has. So buckle in, have a cold one, and enjoy it. So it's another episode of Open Bar Talk Podcast, the dopest bartending interview podcast in these streets. Uh, if you want to email the show, openbartalk at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to find the show on social media, it's Open Bar Talk at all social media platforms. Go follow us. We will follow you back. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, give the show five stars. Uh, you know, it's on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, everywhere you find podcasts. Uh, underneath your car, in the back of the cupboard, wherever you get your podcast, that's where you can find our show. Uh, if you're wondering who this is, it is Jim Search. You can find me at jimsearchcomedy.com. Uh, you can go on all social media, find me at Jim Search. I make it super easy. Branding is essential. Uh, so, you know, we have a uh, we have an amazing guest. I'm super pumped to uh, hear her story. It's uh, We had some really great conversation prior to, um, and I'm really happy that she made it uh, awake uh, to be here. Uh, <laughs> Because it was a rough night last night, as uh, we have to do in a quarantine. But Celine Dyer, how are you today? What's going on? How are you living? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's uh, the first time, like, super awake since that uh, get together two days ago. So <laughs> two days ago. <laughs> God damn, y'all are y'all are partying for real. You know what's funny is because we haven't been. It's a lot of bartenders, myself included, forget that your tolerance a lot of your tolerance is built up when you're working or because like every time someone walks in it's like let's take a shot sure and you actually get to hang out for the first time in like four months and you're like logically we can have seven shots as a (laughs) pregame no no you know you it's like when you uh haven't been to the gym in a very long time and you're like i remember when i used to lift 300 pounds and it's like <laughs> yeah. well you know it's interesting because i'm doing a sober january and i know that like february i'm gonna be like let's drink and my body yeah. like, no no james you i was thinking you. about that the first like week or so of february in bars is gonna be so sloppy because <laughs> everyone's well, gonna come back like either dying to drink as much as possible because they did a dry January or just forgetting that a month off will fuck you up. Yeah. And, (laughs) but like the inverse fuck you up, like your liver starts to regenerate, (laughs) brain cells, synapses fire. You're a lot more clear headed. Your energy level is like you. you, Yeah. Your body's like, this is great. You're putting water and celery in me. (laughs) And then February 1st, you're like, but I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get that whiskey flowing, right? I woke up this morning and I was like, I feel like I should like eat a vegetable or a vitamin. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> if you could have a conversation with your body, just like, hey, you know what? Yeah. We haven't, it's been rocky, right? Yeah. <laughs> I've done things to you. You've done things back to me in response to what right. I've done. Like you've made me vomit. <laughs> you sit down, you screamed very loud, and it hurt me. So how do we work together, right? 
So, yeah. Anywho. So, Celine, you are a bartender. Uh, talk to us a little bit about how you got into that. What was, uh, what was the beginnings like? Talk to us. So, funnily enough, I first got into the industry by accident. Like, okay. I was a veterinary technician for 10 years, and I'd been out on a bunch of interviews. And then as, like, almost like an inside joke to myself, I went to an open call in the meatpacking district um, at Le Bon. And it wasn't even, like, I didn't even fudge my resume. My resume said nothing about, about, like, serving or anything. But I got the job, and I was like, oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh... But it was actually, like, totally fine. It was, um, they started us out as, like, cocktail serving bottle girls that you kind of just know what the fuck's on the menu and what it tastes like. Sure. And I remember, like, I feel like every bartender ever has had this conversation, either before being a bartender or after, where someone's like, well, if you need bartending experience to bartend, like, how do you ever become a bartender? You know, it's kind of like this catch-22. Sure, sure. Every single person I'd asked before I was bartender was like, ah, just fake it. Like, just lie on your resume, work at like a dive bar, and then you'll get the experience and you'll figure it out. And I, I, that literally pretty much is how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no way to learn quite like being in it. So, And it's been, what, five, five almost six years since, and I, I did have loved it. So, Shit. Well, there you go. So, in other words, folks, fake it till you make it. Uh, that is a life lesson. Um, so you, you, you faked it, then you made it. Um, (laughs) now what were some of the first shifts? Like, do you remember like nerves? Was it really like, I was so nervous, uh, which actually everyone was very nice. Another pro tip is if you've ever done something before, you'd be surprised how receptive customers are to you telling every single one that you're my first customer, actually. <laughs> but <laughs> what sticks out the most to me was having to be taught, like, and not during training, like I had a table, how to open champagne. <laughs> okay. Because it's like, all right, somebody drops at the very least, a couple hundred dollars on this bottle, you know, it's for the experience. And you kind of only get one shot. It's not like, you know, and you go to pour a beer and like you fuck it up. So you just start over or something. It's like, you're either going to send the cork flying and blind this person who right. probably won't tip you again or drop it or whatever. But I just remember that was like the most terrifying moment going up to a table to open a bottle of champagne by myself. And I feel like once I got over that hump that I was like, yeah, I got this. Right, right, right. Once you now, well, let me ask you, did you ever did you fuck up some of the first ones? Some of the the first few ones went well, but I definitely oops, I fucked up some like after. I feel like once you get a little confident, or there are a lot of things out of your control too, like if it was cold, then warm, then cold again or something, it's going to bubble everywhere. Right. But it's a lot of quick recovery, I think, is a really good skill as a bartender. Disaster recovery is key. Yeah, exactly. Like, I've you definitely been the quintessential spill a glass of red wine all over, like, I don't know, a bride in her wedding dress or something. Oh, boy. Not literally, but... A, but, yeah, like... There's to, much recovery. Yeah, I mean... And that is that I feel like, I mean, this is all cliches aside that can literally go one of two ways. Like (laughs) you're either going to have like the, you know what? I know that you didn't do that on purpose. Like, Mm. and they go, you know what? This sucks, but that's fine. Or you have (laughs) a 
fucking psycho who is going to lose their shit. So it's, it's very true. I think a lot of people forget too that um like a bartender is starting out by default like wanting you to have a good time. So the minute you're shitty to your bartender and they no longer want you to have a good time, like you're not going to. <laughs> so I definitely like every once in a while it's almost like a gift when you get that customer who's a fucking dick because you get to be a dick back and it's like I am I can make you look like an asshole in front of all of your friends, my man. And I've probably wanted to the whole time. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting to you say that is because it's like I feel like I, I you can't really get I feel like it's hard to get inside this the the psychology of someone who's like that, but like mm-hmm. you do realize that like the, the bartender is in control here, right? Yeah. Like or you would think. I've had a lot of dudes come up and you can tell like like especially on like new dates or something, their first go to is like, if I put this bartender down, it like elevates me or something. And it's like it's it's a terrible idea. And it's a horrible look, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you're you've probably already embarrassed yourself and I'm going to continue to embarrass you for the rest of the night. Like also too, you're not the first guy to think it was like really badass to snap your fingers at the bartender like and like yeah well i feel like that crowd that mentality there's a certain segment of there's like uh there's a type of club there's a type of bar where like you're gonna see or that tap on the bar where it's like oh i get it finance right Mm -hmm. like You just got a $150,000 bonus, and now it's time to be a shithead, right? Or sometimes, too, you get the regulars who are like, I don't know, going to order $2 beers all night, but feel like they are king of this dive bar. And it's just never necessary, man. Some of my nicest, chillest customers have been literal millionaires. Sure. And I'm like, there's no reason. And, you know, it's inter- you know, what's interesting to that is, is like, you know, because they don't have anything to prove. Like, what do I have? To, what do I have to prove out here? Like, mm-hmm. I have all of the monies and life is pretty good. So why am I going to be a fucking curmudgeon? Right. <laughs> exactly. That's an excellent what's- word for a lot of them. Yeah, I uh, I feel like I've been using curmudgeon a lot lately. Um, I don't know. It's just, I don't know, maybe because I saw Bernie sitting there. Like, <laughs> his little mittens. Yeah, his little mittens crossed over. Like, that is a curmudgeon if I've ever seen one. I know what that is. Because I'm like. Christian American, um, I use a lot of phrases. My parents use a lot of British English, and I use a lot of phrases that it doesn't occur to me until the minute it leaves my mouth that I'm like, I sound like an 1800s, like, I don't know, old wine <laughs> or something. Like, so it's very refreshing to hear someone else say, like, curmudgeon. Per, or persnickety is another great one. There's there's a couple. Mm. So, all right. Well, listen, uh, so we got the origin story, right? Mm. Um, so, Celine, tell us, what are some of those moments in your in your bartending career where you've been like, I can't believe this shit is happening. <laughs> this is in front of me. One of them for sure was a, it was actually a private party. I was bartending some dude's like 30th birthday party at like a loft or something. It was, okay. it was definitely a lot off the bat. Like, like I shouldn't have been too surprised, but at one point 
they ran out of 1942, it's like super fancy tequila. Sure. And the, the birthday guy actually just like called over my bar back and like gave him his keys and was like, I'm going to call an Uber to my apartment, send you over there. And you're just going to gra- like, just grab a bunch of bottles and come on back. And I was just like, what? <laughs> bold move. But yeah, he sent over this bar back, never said a word to before, let alone met to his super fancy apartment with his house keys. Holy and shit. Yeah. I was like, bold move, my man. Like, <laughs> What would you do? But yeah, he came back with armfuls of 1942, and it Jeez. worked out well. God damn it! You know, I was like, well, and, but you know what though? As I think about this, of just like you know, on one side, it's like, all right, I'll give keys to said person to go to my house, right? Obviously, it's like if anything fucking happens, well, yeah. <laughs> like, but it's like. Man. If anything happens, are you going to be like, it was that bar back that freelanced that party? Like, I was like, I guarantee he couldn't describe what this guy looked like. Right. Oh, oh, I'm sure. And I, I have to imagine this guy is, I mean, wasted. Like, what he was... was pretty drunk. Yeah. Like, doing that, um, definitely that, of like, oh, what's an acceptable way to put this? But, you know how some people think that there are certain powdered substances that count as like resobering up. So right, sure oh, fun, but mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I also, I mean, and I have an idea of where you're going with that, um, yeah. and so much of like, you could also have been drinking so long that you're like, you know what? I feel yep. fine. <laughs> this is fine. What could go wrong? It, yeah. you know, it's three, three thirty. I've been drinking since six, whatever. I remember all of this. And it's like, yeah. oh, but do you, right? And now that, uh, you know, the weather sounds a little snowy, uh, mm-hmm. there, there was probably some snow squalls uh, around <laughs> the, uh, the party. This adds a little bit more context yeah. uh, to that. That is a very bold move. Um, but it went fine. It was cool. It was like, uh, before actually the party was over they quite literally got bored and it sounds like something someone would say sarcastically or just like jokingly but they were quite literally like oh like should we call a copter and head over to the Hamptons and they did so they were literally just like we're gonna head out like help yourself to whatever's left at the bar like paid us before they left it was one of the most bizarre experiences like but and they were nice that's you see? <laughs> see, you see, it's like someone who finds a thousand dollars on the ground is now a raging prick. Whereas yeah. the, these folks who are like, you want to hop a copter to the Hamptons? Yeah. <laughs> Which is equivalent to like being like, Hey, you know, you want to, you want to head up to union square? Like if you're in yeah, union, like, like you lower East side, like, yeah, we'll just, yeah, we can walk up to union square. See what's up. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll do that. No, Ricky. Meanwhile, these months, like, so, well, all right. So I have some questions, uh, clarifying questions. Um, I'm assuming this was like, what, what does this guy do for work? Did you find out what his deal was? No idea. <laughs> Whenever um, I like talk about this story, the bar back is like a good friend of mine now. We just call them the Russian millionaires. Like we, to this day, don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Seems like things you almost shouldn't ask unclear right but, um, yeah. shame on me actually for asking and i was like oh well, 
whatever. <laughs> uh, okay, that's that's the thing to do. Um, so Russian millionaires, that that makes yeah. sense. And tipped well, sounds like, or they yeah. paid, you know, Super well, we're very nice too. Like for like the amount of fancy food I've only ever had because I worked a gig and somebody was like, "Oh, did you not have any like steak tartare?" Right. <laughs> No. <laughs> I, but, I yeah, bet. they were super nice. They made a plate for all of the staff, tipped us super well. It was dope. It was very that's, cool. that's, see, I'm refreshing to hear, right? That is refreshing. <laughs> now, so have you, so you said you've worked clubs, right? Mm-hmm. For those, did you ever work any of the dive bars in your five oh, years? Yeah. Like, since the, my first start was in like a club, but I've done dive bars rooftops like everything in between music venues um i feel like my favorite is like high volume dive bar like where it's busy but and not even because i mind like the persnickety people if anything it's i feel like it's more of a challenge in a dive bar if anything because Mm -hmm. not everyone's just gonna tip because i don't know that's what they were told in finishing school or what have you (laughs) it's it's like a fun challenge to actually ensure that all like i don't know a hundred people you serve tonight who you can barely see let alone remember their drink have a good time right now well let me ask you do you have any of those stories from the dive bars anything oh (laughs) so many (laughs) now for those of you listening uh who cannot see uh celine's eyes widened um with that so i am very (laughs) intrigued to hear what this is because as you uh, no, I've listened mm. to roughly 39, 40 hours worth of stories. So go on. We have had so many. There's this um, this one place I worked where, ironically, I was off shift. I was sitting at the bar. One of my friends who had the closing shift was closing up. And these two dudes walk in, like, completely smashed. Like, we neither said any intention to serve them. We're like, you know, we'll let them sit, give them some water. Better than sure. the in the street or whatever. So my coworker gives them some water and they're sitting there for like half a second. He turns around to the register and you just hear like a very clumsy clink. And it's because one of the two guys thought he was going to like steal a bottle from the well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, and you can tell in his mind, this guy was like fucking James Bond. Like, Sure. <laughs> sure. So, my coworker, which honestly props to him because it would not have gone as well with me, like turns around and he's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, all right, now you got to get out. And for some reason, like, I feel like every bartender's had the person who's like, I don't know, at their friend's birthday party and they don't want to be the only ones to get kicked out. These guys, like, this, there was nothing going on in the bar. They hadn't ordered anything, but they decided vehemently that they wanted to be inside this bar. Oh, <laughs> so eventually, Jesus. like, this dude like swung at Jimmy, one of the bartenders who's behind the bar. Swung Friend like of, wait, so like, the, gu- yeah, the guy like, So the guy who did the guy who took the tried to take the bottle swing at him, or did his friend take a swing? Oh no, the guy who tried to take the bottle um put it back down and was like, All right, I'll tip you, I'll tip you. Like and the bartender my friend Jimmy's like, No, dude, I w- don't want your tip, like just just go. And right. this guy was just so vehement that he did not want to have to leave that he eventually tried to like reach over the bar and like swing around and punch this bartender. Oh At boy. Point, um, a friend of mine jumped up and grabbed him. And the, these two guys, I shit you not, were physically removed from this bar at least 
seven or eight times. <laughs> at one point, I swear to you, like at one point, one of them <laughs> is falling on their hands and knees and they grab the doorway like spider monkey style. And it's like a game <laughs> of war. And it's just like, dude, why? Why? Right. I don't know, man. Or one of them at one point, um, my friend Jimmy was standing in front of the doorway, like to block them. And you know, when like a little kid like sits on your foot and wraps their arms and legs around your leg, like yep. he quite literally did that to the bartender. was like, if you're going back in, I want to come. <laughs> What the, fuck? the most bizarre like usually even when somebody's a douchebag at a bar you can kind of understand the re- where they're coming from even if they're wrong sure to this day no idea but we did um the owners did put up a like pull up the security footage and put it <laughs> in, uh, <laughs> put it like in front of the, the you know the whatever yeah 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 a million times <laughs> 12 minutes of like the bartender chasing these guys around and picking them out for them to try and crawl back in oh my it's god that's absurd that is that absurd is the best i the only word to describe that is fucking absurd i well now let me ask so you said this is close to closing right mm-hmm. now were there other people watching this or was these were these the last two so it was ironically the only other people in there besides myself and my friend was this girl who is also a bartender she works over at cobra club okay and she had stepped outside for like a cigarette or something and she turns around and like just sees this person being physically carried out of the bar. <laughs> but no, it had been so slow that ironically, Jimmy, the guy who was bartending at the time, had said, like, oh man, I think I'm just going to close up early. Which, if he had, <laughs> none of this would have happened. It would have you know, occurred. Like, right, another half an hour, and then, like, I don't know, the demons of Wednesday night crawled in. <laughs> the demons of Wednesday night. If yeah. that is not an autobiography, some bartender. <laughs> The Demons of Wednesday Night is a perfect title for that book. <laughs> and for them as well. Those were demons specifically yeah. to a Wednesday night. Like, now, I have, like, a, yes, I certainly have mental imagery of this. Because it sounds like, what, a Bushwick area? Uh, oh, yeah. This is, um, this was Our Wicked Lady on uh, Morgan and Messerol. Yep. I know, I know that place. Um, and yep, now that is certainly. <laughs> What's funny though is it's not like I mean it's not in the sticks, but it's kind of off the beaten path in terms of like if you hop out of the train. Not many people end up there by accident. In other words, like right. So it was extra random that these two dudes showed up out of nowhere and like right before closing on this strange mission. On this, yeah, on this fucking <laughs> bizarre uh, quest to just want to stay in the bar. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> and like, and you know, that's what's, I guess that's what always gets me is like, you know, because I look, I've heard, you know, I've heard certainly many tales of people being ejected from a bar. Mm-hmm. Why do you want to stay in a place that doesn't want you there? I have right. never understood that. Let alone one that's empty. Like, <laughs> it's em- right, right. When it's empty, anything, dude. <laughs> because it's like, I mean, look, I, 
one can only assume that you are out looking to pick up somebody or what, like <laughs> a strike up a conversation with someone and there's no one there, but yet you're fighting so hard to, to get back in. So weird, man. Fucking... On the flip side, like I've seen some people who I'm like, you know what? Like I'll throw you a bone. I noticed uh, it was actually during quarantine. So like when, all the patients have to be seated unless they're like, you know, on their way to the bathroom or something. Sure. And I remember seeing, the only reason it like caught my attention is this guy was kind of like holding this girl up as they were walking. So I'm like, <laughs> just make sure like everything that's going on is supposed to be going on. Right. So I put my eye on them and they go to the bathroom line and they wait in line only until they get to the garbage can that's right in front of the bathroom. Okay. And this girl like so like, beautifully and tactfully like just bent over and threw up into the garbage can like she waited on to get to this garbage can like threw up quite neatly all in the garbage can and like turned around and returned to her seat and i was like you know what as the only person to even notice that happening including the people in front of and behind you online like you got it man you know you've got it together enough you're gonna not you anywhere else you can sit and hang might not serve you but i'm not gonna kick you out (laughs) yeah i can't like because your body has sent the message that it doesn't want you to do this anymore right and i know that (laughs) if i help with you doing that you could die so exactly i feel like yes you know what i feel like that's a very uh reasonable um uh, uh uh judgment yeah, because it's definitely some sort of birthday party or something, too, because they were at one of the bigger tables. So I'm like, you know what? Like, obviously, I'm not making any money off of you for the rest of the night, but you had the decency to, like, very politely get up and wait in line. That was my favorite <laughs> that's, part. Just, that's like, the best part of this. She waited six feet behind the person in front of her until <laughs> she was near the garbage can and then just quietly sat down. So I was like, you can, you can hang. <laughs> You're good money. Let's yeah, do like, you could sit. I will serve you free soda waters all night, girl. <laughs> That's, you know what the, you know what's funny to me about that is like, if you think, look, how many times anyone, well, except for her, um, who's had to throw up, that is a mm-hmm. fucking crisis. Like yeah. there is. <laughs> Like, all right, this is this. Uh, Celine, we just got to know each other, and listeners, you're about to hear this. So, I this had to have been maybe last month, right? Like, I had food poisoning, I had something, and like, you know how, like, when you get like when it's like food poisoning, your body immediately is like, it's out. Fuck you, dude. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck this is, but it's leaving now, mm-hmm. and I don't give a fuck where we are. But I'm getting that. <laughs> so this happens, right? And I like my body immediately is just like, nope. So I like jump out of my seat, like I'm like starting to throw up, and I'm like, oh, fuck. And then I like run into the bathroom and just fucking kick the door down and throw up. Yeah, I could. could there's no way like, I could have waited. Like, if you five hundred dollars to not puke right now, like. <laughs> I probably couldn't do it, you know? Right, exactly. Like, there's no way that this isn't going to happen. And so, like, the idea of being like, oh, man, I really got to throw up. And then (laughs) stand up and be like, well, 
take your time. Just, you know, <laughs> yeah. you, know you fucking check your phone. Like, man, I really got to puke. <laughs> I was so oh, impressed. God damn. I gotta, I gotta get this going. Um, so that is, that is very, that's such a wild visual to me because yeah. like, <laughs> it's one thing to have to, you know, piss or shit. Because it's like you can be a fucking adult and hold it, but like Mm. you can't hold puke. Like you just, that's. It's funny you say that because we've had customers pee. We've actually had customers just pop a squat and pee in the bar. So. Okay. So now that. uh, (laughs) Great segue. Let's talk about it. There's. So set the scene here. We've had people peeing on the floor. In the in the dive, um, so the establishment is like is actually they broke into the like back area of the dive, and you see them like try a doorknob, and then when it doesn't work, like just pull down their pants and pee, (laughs) and to make this like sorry, honestly, this could not have worked so perfectly is. Of all the people to genuinely be coming down that hallway, the manager on duty, you literally see her walk in and stop and all but, like, do a double take. Because it's, like, just this girl by herself in the staff, like, hallway, just dropping the pee. And you see the manager come up and start yelling at her. And the girl, like, looks up and, like, finishes peeing. <laughs> and then, like, stands up and you see her yell back at the manager and then, which apparently, because this is all the, like, bar security camera where you can't hear the audio, but we later found out that when the bar manager was like, you're not supposed to be here, she's like, you need to clean that up and get out, and the patron was like, I refuse, have fun cleaning my pee, and then oh. so she stormed back out the door, she'd broken in through, but then sat back down at the table, which mind you, fucking <laughs> mind this is during like quarantine Cuomo rules, so there are all of like five tables. It's not like you're gonna, right. we're gonna lose you in a crowd. <laughs> so she actually then tried to order another drink, and like when the bartender came up, and we're like, "No, we we're actually coming to say like you you need to leave." Like, it's, hey, remember remember when you told us that we had to clean up your piss? You like remember? 30 seconds ago? Yeah. <laughs> remember, that, remember that inappropriate exchange that we just had? <laughs> well. It was ridiculous. What was funny, too, is I wasn't working that night, but I had just walked in maybe all of 30 seconds after this happened. And because I am known as, mind-blowingly enough to my coworkers, the meanest slash sassiest bartender, but also the bartender you? who gets the tips. I know, right? You're very, not, like, well, I'm also, like, not a, like, fucking shitty customer right now, so. Exactly. Just, like. But yeah. you seem but like anyway, a very level-headed person, so I'm. Yeah, but I walked in, and every bartender who was there came running up, and they're like, oh, man, I wish you had been here, like, five minutes ago, because this girl just peed in the hallway, and I can't imagine what you would have said to her. I'm like. It was just so many layers of confusion at once. And I'm like, I let me get a drink in me before you explain what the fuck I just missed. And and also I would even say too is like, why would you wish that on me? Yeah, you know, like multiple why? 
people were like, I wish you'd caught this girl peeing. I'm like, I don't. Yeah. I, <laughs> I didn't want that at all. No, that's not even a little bit. That sucks. No, thank you. I, I also, I mean, clearly, you know, because you know how like when someone's that fucking drunk, mm-hmm. they're like, uh, their short-term memory is shot, right? Yeah. Like, you know, they forget their keys. They forget all the shit, right? So th- the fact that, like, she pissed in the hallway was like, good luck cleaning up my piss, and then forgot that moment. That's huge. That's you know, huge that's what statement. I But she was perfectly coherent. That's the weird... Like, she was clearly intoxicated, but... Um, right. Like, because she had a full argument with the bartender who refused to serve her and ironically asked for the manager who having just finished mopped up her pee was like get the fuck out (laughs) now i'm gonna guess the race of this woman um Mm. i'm gonna say she was a white Mm -hmm. all right thank you um because the caucat the caucasity caucasity was real with that one that is (laughs) so real to pee on the floor to then argue about it and then you know what i'm gonna escalate this situation oh she she called the cops <laughs> no she all literally right. picked every box in like the quintessential caucasity like i don't know check point the cops showed up and were like do you want to press charges against this drunk girl and we we're like no no and, i mean yeah. We were we were pretty like that's what I mean like honestly the bar is a very very understanding place like everyone who works there has been too drunk at some point but it was just this girl pushed it to every possible limit which you know what's funny though about that of like that understanding that level because like you know a lot of my bartending friends like you know we've been out like I've, I've been in their bar and I've been a fucking yeah. drunk mess and of course, the next day, I've been so embarrassed and just like, hey, look, man, I'm really sorry. And they're like, Jim, this is, I, this is the job, right? Yeah. Like, you didn't break anything. You didn't do anything wild. You're just drunk. But, you know, of course, you internalize it as said drunky. And you're like, yeah, oh, I can't believe this. But I think what really is the line, I feel like, and then this is why I give you all a lot of credit, is when a third party gets involved especially one to arrest people right like you brought the cops you know like the cops you called them not us because we were like the wildest thing like she it's just she literally too was like she's like i'm gonna i forget i think it was something along the lines of you don't know who my daddy is i'm gonna have this bar shut down i could not make this up if i tried jesus christ Speaking of the next day regret, of which there was none, she actually messaged the bar the next day on Facebook. Um, <gasps> no. Yelling at them. Yes. She was right. like, you should be ashamed. And I don't know who this bartender is, which when she described the bartender, it was actually the owner of the establishment. <laughs> it was yeah. like, hey, that was me. No. But yeah, dude. And was- also, I'm going to fire me. I own. Yeah, it was like, like, this is absurd. I should be let go. Is that my understanding? I, wow. Okay. So there is a lot there, right? There is so much of like, (laughs) no regrets, 
no out like total like i would love to if you could hey if you can find that facebook post i would fucking love to read it because i would again i would put all the money i have in my bank account that says that this woman did not mention at all that she pissed on the floor of course not of course not of course not that is such that is the hugest that is the biggest piece of this fucking puzzle like the ultimate catalyst of any of this right wild that point she threatened she was like because oh when the cops came and the manager was like she peed on the floor and she's like no i didn't and they're like it's on camera she then turned and was like you see they have pornographic images of me and i'm like (laughs) No, you pulled your ass out, like, in this public... Ideally, you would not have done so. (laughs) It was bizarre, dude. She went on to say, too, when they were like, well, you're clearly never allowed in here again. And she's like, good, because I wouldn't be caught dead drinking in a bar in Bushwick anyway. Which someone later found her Instagram, which included a, like you know, room available. We're looking for a roommate ad for her apartment in Bushwick, which is like four blocks away. I was, so that is so, that is arguably Celine. That is arguably the most. The absolute most. That is None the, of us could even, as one could, would say. <laughs> one might, as one might go so far as to say that they could not even. And like, I could never imagine even living a minute with that human being because if you think that it, that crazy that is not that crazy isn't in a silo right like you know. that is going to manifest at home probably at work i mean i can't imagine the level of uh, uh, uh accountability that she's clearly never had because to pee on the floor to then say you now have pornographic images of me is like well first of all i don't think you know what porn is a yeah i was like i was like girl maybe that's why she is so awful if she has not found the right porn for her yet (laughs) right and now well one could argue right like i'm playing Mm -hmm. devil's act against myself like if you if that is a kink that you enjoy of watching someone piss then yes that could be pornography however that is mm -hmm. In the more traditional sense, yeah, that is not pornography. Also, too, like you were not tricked into like this wasn't a bathroom cam. <laughs> <man>. Like, <laughs> yeah, like that we walk to drop off the cash at night. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, like all that is, uh, Celine. That is a very spot on point of just like you know, mm, if this was a bathroom cam, illegal. A. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. I'm like, that would be a different thing. Not only were you in an employees only area, like that there's why? <laughs> like, in fact, there is a bathroom down the hall. You did not use it. And you opted not to use that. So uh, fucking shame on you, Karen. Yeah. Uh to the ninth degree. Um, so all right, well listen, this has been uh, we could I, I we could talk for hours, right? I know that because these are fucking hilarious and unreal, all in one breath. And I, I say this every episode, but I generally mean it is that like I have not heard the same story twice, and this never I, I will never hear this uh that story again. 
it it's it's too it's too bizarre uh for it not to be true is what i'm trying to say so let's get into our next segment which is questions for the guests now these are five questions that we ask each of our guests who come on the show uh, about life as a bartender so question number one what is the biggest misconception people have about being a bartender I think the biggest misconception is, that people have about being a bartender is that like, it's like super easy money. Like you're being paid to party. If that makes any sense. Like, right. I hear that so many times and I'm like, it is like, it's just different. And I feel like also it depends on what you enjoy because I mean, there are people who genuinely enjoy accounting which I shouldn't say so sarcastically, but and I wouldn't say that as a bartender who enjoys bartending, we're having any more fun than anyone else who does a job that they enjoy. Because it's also, you know, sometimes you've got someone peeing on the floor and that was not fun. Right. But I feel like it's not any, it's absolutely not any easier of a job than uh, anything else. So much so that at least too, like if you have a real shitty day, like as an accountant, you're still getting paid X amount. Like, our money depends on how good a time someone else is having. Right. So thing, I feel like it's a little harder. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, look, you, again, you're selling an experience. Like it's not, I mean, yes, it's hourly quote unquote, but Hey, tips are the lifeblood. So yeah. very fair point. So speaking of which, um, what is the biggest tip that you have ever received as a bartender? The biggest tip I've ever received as a bartender was actually at a dive bar, mind you. And there's this one regular, I don't even know his name. He's like just so quiet. He comes in and every once in a while he'll come in and order. Every time it's one Estrella can of beer, a shot of Fernet with it. And then right before he leaves, he'll get a shot of Fernet. And it'll his tab usually comes like 14 bucks. And the first time I served him, like after we'd reopened for quarantine, he left the hundred dollar bill with that. And I, yeah. And I, cause he paid on a card and left the hundred dollar bill next to it. And I still like ran after him and he was like, no, you know, I mean, like it's a rough time. And that was I, like so humble and like kind of him. Wow. Like he would just walk out the door. It was so sweet. Like that's dope, man. And yeah. you know what, though? That's, like, worth more than 100 bucks. Exactly. I mean? Like, it was the sentiment was so refreshing, if nothing else. That's, like, a $500 tip, yeah. I would say. Right? In heart. Exactly. 400 in heart, 100 in monetary. So. You're used to, you know, bartenders tipping each other, over tipping each other. But this guy, like, it seemed like he had some kind of labor job. There's no reason that he would have that incentive. But he was dope. That's great, man. All right. So question number three, as we like, he'll turn into bastions of negativity. What is the biggest pet peeve of a customer? What is the one thing that you would say, you know what, don't ever do that again? I think the biggest pet peeve is, it's two things, either cutting off somebody else in line, or since we've been doing table service, I don't know why, but it's such a peeve of mine when somebody decides, like, like if you want a glass of water, sure. Right. Be like, and we'll all have waters for the table. And every single time I stop and I'm like, does anyone else want water? And usually they don't. And I don't know why, but it's just such a waste of time and, like, 
waters for the whole so table. To, yeah, I'm like, why are you ordering for everyone else at the table? It's and also, yeah, and also, it's not like I would feel like it's not like you're really like big shot balling out by yeah. for the table, like round of shots for the table, sure. But yeah, I and it's honestly, it's wasting a trip. Like I'm just gonna have to bust all those untouched glasses of water back later anyway. I've never understood it, but it pisses don't do me that. Water for yourself, not the table. That is yeah. the lesson here that we're gonna take. So, question number four. Uh, all right, if you owned a bar, what would you name it? I know I was. That's a tough one, actually. But I feel like whatever it would be would turn out to be some really stupid inside joke. No one would ever get. But I feel like it would be like, and I'd probably get sued or something. But like something Nicktoons related or just '90s nostalgia as fuck. Like okay. You, say dunkaroos but i'd probably name it like i don't know slap r-e-a-u-x or something <laughs> dunkaroo yeah okay yeah. like put the new orleans uh, swing on it like exactly. the dunkaroos something super 90s i love it hey, look i'm a product of the 90s too man slap bracelet that'd be <laughs> I, I say in my britney spears shirt i was gonna say i see the i see you got the britney joint on that is a yeah. a golden era for me as well i wu-tang in the background Yes. So understand that the 90s are strong with me. So Dunkaroos it is. I love it. (laughs) All right. Celine, final question. What is your favorite drink? What do you like to have? My favorite drink is, and hopefully this doesn't send you running to the trash can, but it's actually mezcal soda with a splash of pickle juice, a splash of lime, and a salt rim. Jesus. Well, you know what? If I were to run to the uh, trash can to throw up, I would wait in line, as any (laughs) dignified person does, as we've learned from this episode, that when you want to throw up, you wait your turn, right? Absolutely. You know what? I would say, because there's so many different flavors happening, that, Mm -hmm. like, I feel like in the sort of, like, pickleback, like, that's gross. It's like, no, you're taking two different flavor profiles, smash them together, you're going to create a different one. Work out pretty well. I've, I've converted a few believers into drinking them. So I I would try it. Okay, I mean, like, obviously, you're not pitching me on it, but like, I would try it. I wouldn't be afraid to try it. I don't know if I'd like it, but I wouldn't. Oh, no. I wouldn't be afraid to to get into it. I'll say that. All right. So those are our five questions for our guest. Um, thank you so much. And now we are going to get into our final segment of the show, which is called "What Were You Drinking." Now, this is part of the show where I should tell you, listeners, uh, that I have an incredibly messy Facebook timeline. And with that being said, I can only assume that someone was drinking when they wrote what they wrote. Um, So Celine, as a bartender who has had on the ground research of those who are drunk, what do you think they were drinking when they wrote this? So... I will read it. Any clarifying questions, I'm happy to answer. Uh, Away we go. Here we go. They may say thank you, but they could care less. My doors are now closed permanently. If you need help, don't come crying. I'm done. Shut off and no longer care. The only family I need is the one I created. 
oh dear (laughs) that's a lot yeah i'm like oh man that sounds to me like well actually let me ask you all right all right what is the gender of this person this is a woman a woman yeah that sounds to me like wine drunk wine drunk okay now red or white do you do you have a I think that is that's either white or like a really shitty rosé. I feel like <laughs> red drunk like they wouldn't have made it through all those words before they got to a headache. Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. They uh this was a very the anger carried through. Yeah. Through the As did, you know, the sugar rush, I feel like, or the motivation. Mhm mhm yeah no perfect i hear it i hear it thank very insightful as well i mean every every this is one of my this is my favorite segment to be honest is uh to hear the insight bartenders bring to what these people must have been drinking when they wrote this so <laughs> white wine fueled anger is what uh this woman used to tell her family that she is done and that yeah. it is just the family she created which, by the way, she created. No one yeah. else. <laughs> Just her. Which, I mean, look, is possible, right? But I get the feeling that there... Might no. have been some help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think there was someone else involved. Um, so, that is our show. Um, you know, Celine, thank you so much for hanging. This has been such a fun ride. Mm-hmm. Um, you very interesting stories and, uh, y'all are going to hear them and you're going to love them. Um, so, uh, where can people find you? Uh, Instagram, do you have anything you want to plug or anything like that? Well, yeah. I mean, um, not because I'm doing anything cool per se, but on Instagram, it is at sign strong puff. Exactly how it sounds. <laughs> there you go. At sign. Yeah. The, find some it, very sarcastic humor. If nothing else. And enjoy all of it. Um, so uh, go find Celine at Strong Puff on Instagram. Uh, we go find our show. Uh, we are at Open Bar Talk on Instagram, uh, openbartalk at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to find me, Jim Search, I am at jimsearchcomedy.com and all social media, I am at Jim Search. To find the show, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, everywhere where you get a fucking podcast is where you can find this show. Rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend. You know, bartenders are amazing human beings. Um, they deserve all of our monies and all of our love. So I do this uh, for them. Uh, these are hard times. So make sure if you know a bartender, fucking Venmo and PayPal them, send them some money. They deserve it. Um, so that is going to do it for us again. Thank you, Celine, for hanging out. Um, You've given me a reason to wake up at a particular time. <laughs> <laughs> you sure did, and a very creative way you did as well. It was very, uh, very entertaining. Uh, make sure you put a water between each drink, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. <laughs>